Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Season 5, Episode 110, recorded Monday, May 1st, 2023. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scooby Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. Happy May Day! Yes, we did have our April showers here in Connecticut, and now we're looking forward to our May flowers, and more importantly, getting back out there and getting in the water. As a matter of fact, we were out diving yesterday at one of our local spots, Bigelow Hollow in Union, Connecticut, and I did get to try out my new dry suit from Santee. It's their entry-level suit, the Avatar. I'll most likely be doing a quick review of it on our YouTube channel, Scuba Shack TV soon. Now, the last two weeks have been very busy. My work with the DEMA board continues, and I did actually uh, get to teach an open water class. Plus, we had our trip meeting for our upcoming jaunt to Grand Cayman, and then we got the staff together to talk a little bit about our upcoming dive season. And if that isn't enough, my nonprofit, Scuba Educational Alliance of Connecticut conducted our first Discover Scuba Diving uh, program for our local high school. That was a very rewarding experience. And now we're set to do some more and then train four students starting in June. Wow, what a jam-packed couple of weeks. Now, late last year, DEMA sent out a detailed survey in support of their Diver Behavioral Research Project. Well, the results are out, and I'm going to walk through some of that information here today. But up first is Wet Notes, my news, information, and commentary segment. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, May 1st, 2023. Up first today, do you like the Florida Keys? I know I really enjoy getting down to Key Largo and getting in some fun diving. And our team just got back from Isle Mirada, where they had a great week of diving. Well, if you can't physically get to the Keys, then check out the Florida Keys TV. You can find it at floridakeystv.com. Now, this website has uh, on-demand globally streamed videos that are dedicated to the Florida Keys and Key West. Now, there's all sorts of videos, not just diving. They do have the destination dive segment posted, but also there is the spirit of the Florida Keys, the Florida Keys Real, Blue, and Chill, and Island Hopping, the Florida Keys. So if you can't make it down to the Conch Republic anytime soon, you can get your Florida Keys fix at Florida Keys TV. Well, the latest results are in from DEMA reporting on the 2022 fourth quarter 
new diver certifications. The downward trend continues. Just a reminder, every quarter, the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association gets information from PADI, SDI, and NAWI, and then uses estimates for other training agencies to report the results. So let's look at the results for Q4 2022 against Q4 2021. In the fourth quarter of 2022, there were 27,263 new diver certifications, while in the same uh, period in 2021, there were 27,763. So we were down 500. Not too bad, but still down. Overall, however, in 2022, new diver certifications were up. The full year 2022 total was 132,005, while in 2021, it was at 129,885. It's very difficult to understand the full impact of the pandemic and the recovery, but just to put it in perspective, 2019 saw 150,769 new diver certifications. And if we go back to when we first took over the dive shop uh, in 2017, that number was 165,933. More to come on this in my commentary. Now, there was a recent article published in the Dive Newswire about an outbreak of stony coral tissue loss disease, or SCTLD, in Bonaire. I know that they are taking it very seriously, having just visit, visited down there. Divers can spread this disease very easily unless they have decontaminated dive gear. The disease is caused by a bacterial pathogen. Now, in Bonaire, photographer Ellen Muller photographed the coral to document just how fast it spreads. It spreads really fast. While this is causing grave concern in Bonaire, perhaps there is some good news on the horizon. In an Axios article, they reported that researchers from the Smithsonian Marine Station conducted a study funded by NOAA, and the results were recently published in Communication Biology on April 6, 2023. The study found that a bacterial uh, probiotic treatment effectively stopped and slowed SCTLD, SCTDL in two-thirds of the tested coral. Not only that, but it also prevented the disease from spreading. So a little bit of good news and a little bit of bad news in this fight. Let's talk a little bit about dive watches. Well, I really don't use my dive watches to dive, although I really like them. Now, there was a recent article in Deeper Blue by Sam Helmy on the five best scuba diving watches for 2023. At the top of the list is the best entry-level dive watch, the Citizen ProMaster Aqualung Echo Drive. Now, I have the limited 30th year uh, anniversary edition ProMaster that came out a couple of years ago, and I really like it. I also have a basic Citizen ProMaster dive watch, and I use it in the pool all the time. 
The Citizen ProMaster Aqualung comes in at about $585 US. Now, the best budget dive watch comes from Casio, and it's the MDV-106 dive watch, and it costs about $55 US. Pretty sharp and affordable. If you're into digital watches, there's the Casio Frogman. It sells for about $750 US, but I think it's unavailable right now. For eco-conscious divers, you can get the SDC Black Tip Ocean Rider. That comes in at about $530 US when you convert it from British pound sterling. And finally, the luxury dive watch. No surprise, the Rolex Submariner. That will set you back $9,100. For me, I really like my Citizen watches and love the Echo Drive technology. Hey, maybe there's another one in my future. Now for some commentary. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the trends in new diver certifications, but talk about it from a different light, new diver engagement. When we look at the downward trend in our certification statistics, it might seem somewhat alarming that we have dropped by 20% or 34,000 new diver certifications in 2022 when compared with 2017. An alarming statistic for dive shop owners like me. But I think there can be a lot more to the story than that. I'm really trying to get a good handle on how new divers stay engaged after their open water certification. I have to admit, I don't think we've done a good job in fostering this engagement. With a very short dive season for training new, uh, new divers here in New England, we quickly move to the next open water class. For those who are recently certified, there's a big push for them to take the next class. While more training and education is certainly important, maybe it turns many off of diving. That's why I'm trying to better understand what really motivates people to become scuba divers. My observation is that a majority of individuals are taking our class, that are, they're doing it so that they can uh, check off a bucket list item or because they're going on vacation someplace. They want to experience the experience of diving, not necessarily being sold the next course. People are making a significant financial investment to become scuba divers, and we need to do a better job in getting them to realize the value of that investment by taking them diving. Even though the overall new diver certification numbers are down, we can still end up ahead with a more healthy and robust dive industry if we keep them diving. Can we move the needle just a few more points with ongoing diver engagement? I know we're trying to do it, but it's not an easy thing. Diving requires a lot of time, training and equipment, and money. People will invest if they see that return the return of the underwater world that not very many people experience. Well, that's it for this uh, installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. In late 2019, right before the pandemic hit, the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association conducted a survey of divers to determine what might be important to them. Little did they know what was in store at the time, 
and how the COVID-19 pandemic would have such a huge impact on so many different aspects of the dive industry. Well, with the recovery from the pandemic, DEMA authorized another diver behavioral study, and that was conducted towards the end of 2022. The research project results were recently released, and they present some interesting information, and there's a lot there to help us uh, guide us down the line. Like all surveys, sometimes the information seems to be a little contradictory, but again, it's just information that we can use to understand the state of the dive industry a little more. First off, more than uh, 12,000 consumers responded to the survey request. I know that DEMA asked local dive shops like us to let their constituents know about the survey. They suspected that this approach would help in with the responses because I'm not sure how many dive consumers really know who or what DEMA is. 56% of the respondents were from the United States and 6% were from Canada. The remainder was spread across the rest of the world. And as you would suspect, 93% of those who took the survey were scuba divers. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the divers who responded and how long they've been diving. 15% of the respondents who were uh, divers, or roughly 1,600, were new divers. That means that they were certified within the last year. If we look at those who have been uh, divers uh, five years or less, the overall percentage is 39%, which is about 4,100 divers. Then there are those who have been diving six to 10 years, which is at 16.1% or another 1,700. So over half the divers who responded have been diving 10 years or less. Interesting information, but not sure exactly what it means. Most divers complete all of their training at the local dive shop. That includes their uh, classroom, pool, and open water dives. That's uh, 53.37% uh, get their certifications that way. The number that I thought was a bit low was what we call referrals, where they do their classroom and pool work at the local dive shop and then head out on vacation to complete their certification. That was actually a little bit lower than, uh, than those who do their entire course while on vacation. So the good news for local dive shops is that most folks still do all of their training with their local store. Now here's some, uh, something that may not be good news for the local dive shops. When they asked about the last time that divers visited the brick-and-mortar dive shop, almost 32% had been more than a year since they visited, with another 9% stopping in in the 6 to 12-month range. Now, this could have been a point-in-time situation and may vary at certain times of the year, but it does point to something I think I see. People just don't seem to visit the store much. There was a question about what the divers did when they last visited the local dive shop. And the main reason they came in was for diving accessories, small stuff like air fills, etc. That was followed by buying masks, snorkel, fins, wetsuits. Then it was to learn about diving. 15% of the respondents didn't buy anything. The study suggests that dive shops could have an opportunity to engage more with social activities like film festivals, parties, and things like that. 
Now, that's a tough one right now. That's an expense that the dive shops have to put out there. And we have to really see the return on investment on that. The retail side of the local dive shop continues to be under really tough pressure given the big online retailers, along with our vendors being in somewhat direct competition with their dealers. I'm not going to comment any further on that one because that really gets under my skin. Now, here's some information that gives us a little insight into diver engagement, and that is how many total dives have they done since they became certified? Of the 10,424 responses, there were 4,419 who had done 20 dives or less. That's almost 40%. That doesn't sound great to me. But here is something that counterbalances that. More than 73% have completed at least one dive in the last year. And in that year, the mean was 21 while the median was three. Not a lot of diving going on, in my opinion. Who has the most influence in getting people to take up scuba diving? According to this latest input, it's a friend or family member. And that seems like it tracks, especially when we see a fair number of people signing up for our open water classes over holiday weekends. We were surprised when we put our sign up online Uh, and people registered over the holidays. Maybe that's because they're they're picnicking or having party with friends and decide now it's time to take up scuba diving. Fun and enjoyment was the number one reason they decided to become a diver. That's funny because then they don't go out and dive. I was surprised to see that vacation to a dive destination was low because my experience has been that there's quite a few people who sign up for our open water class, who have a vacation planned where there's an opportunity to dive, and they want to get certified before they leave. The survey didn't ask if it was on their bucket list activity. I think that would would come out very high. Here are some more interesting results. 60% say they were planning more training in the next 12 months. And the top three classes, advanced open water, nitrox, and rescue, they topped the list. There's a whole lot of courses out there, and only 5% said they were pursuing professional training. Improving dive skills and becoming safer divers was the main reason for more training. As for dive travel, 60% said they have done an international dive trip in the last two years. Now, here is an opportunity for local dive centers. It would seem that the majority of divers are booking directly with the dive resort or liveaboard operator. I know it's a little tough uh, to price out our trips competitively, but there's a lot of value in traveling with your local dive shop. The people, the camaraderie, and the fun is just so much better. I know we've placed a bigger emphasis on uh, traveling with our uh, shop. There's a lot more here on travel, and perhaps I'll do a follow-up on this later. I want to take a look at some of the data as it relates to buying dive gear. 44% said that they have not purchased dive gear from their uh, local shop um, where they did their training. And another 11% have never purchased from a brick-and-mortar dive center. 
Those are pretty high numbers, in my opinion, especially when we spend so much time with them during their training. Additionally, when you look at the dollars spent in the last 12 months, 21% um, of the people uh, haven't purchased anything. And uh, the mean for the, the dollar spent was $1,125, with the median being $400. Now, those are really scary numbers. They also ask about lifetime purchases, and about 25% have only made purchases of $500 or less. For lifetime purchases, the mean was $4,946, while the median was $2,000. Overall, I think these numbers are even worse, given that they're skewed by some of, uh, some of the hardcore divers. Now, I want to close out the, uh, with the question regarding what prevents divers from diving more. The number one answer was, it's too expensive to go on dive trips, followed closely by no time, and then either no local or not liking local diving. So where do we go from here? Well, I'm going to take another in-depth look at the survey um, and try to understand a little more about what it's saying, and then try to zero in on some of the results that I think I can influence as a local dive shop owner. There is no doubt that today's scuba diving market is not what it was. It continues to change like everything. And there are a lot of other activities out there like backpacking, hiking, and skiing that compete for people's time and investment. But one thing that doesn't change is the fantastic experience we divers get to have every time we jump in and make our descent. Well, that was certainly a lot of information and statistics. Sometimes it's very difficult to make sense of it all, especially when the results sometimes seem to contradict themselves. One thing for sure is we are in a constantly changing world and scuba is not isolated from those changes. More to come on that. In the meantime, Thanks again for tuning in to Scuba Shack Radio, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more as we make our way through May. Until then, take care and safe diving. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast supporting our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.